So let's um let's kind of change gears just very slightly and go into this topic of leadership. Um so if we were to take stock of of the leadership positions out there, and we talked about this a little bit earlier. Um, if if we were to do a scan of leadership positions today held by individuals that are from underrepresented groups, how do you think they shake out? Is it better? Is is it is it more diverse? Is it less diverse? Is it staying the same as opposed to? Oh my to, you gosh, know... no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Israel, it's funny because I for my book, I've been reading a ton of research um and all the way back to you know the 1950s to now and one of the books i'm reading is called the nature of prejudice very interesting book it's very old there's a lot of outdated language but what's really uh stunning about it is that not a lot has changed um in that book i mean obviously the science behind prejudice is gonna pretty stay stay pretty stable but Mm -hmm. um you know even when i look at when i read some of the the cases and some of the research that's happened, everybody's still facing the same challenges. I mean, look at the movement that we're in right now. Um, right. And it's and the issues are in the structures, right? How things are structured. The issues are in the norms. Um, the norms in these organizations are very paternalistic. They're usually, um, you know, developed by white men. And they're, you know, it's, then you've got all this social control around where, you know, they don't even, they're unconsciously, reinforcing all these behaviors that support paternalistic environments. And so, no, I mean, I haven't seen a big change. I mean, this is why I work with organizations around this. Mm. Um, it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of dedication and commitment and it really, it's an all company approach. I mean, it's starting with the leadership team, like every function um, on the leadership team or in the C-suite and, and their direct reports, they should all have their own um, DEI goals, right? And that's and that those are manifested not just in in metrics, but also in the structure, right? Mm. And how things ha- how things get done, and that's what's that's what's ignored a lot. And I and I show a lot. Um, you know, I, I talk about this a lot when I talk about leading below the surface. Like you have the stuff at the tip of the iceberg. That's all the you know my my culture offers. You know, ping pong tables. My culture offers free food. My culture offers. Um, you know free college tuition, right? At the top of the, at the tip of the iceberg. But then there's the muck at the bottom of the ocean. And that's the how muck. things really get, that's what I call it. And that's what is we're the, talking is about. Is the underbelly, is the yeah, underbelly. It's, it's the bottom of, yes, yes. The slippery, gross part of that. Oh, and, wow. okay. um, and, but that's how things really get done. And it's really hard. It's very difficult just to get to that. And mm. one of the things that, you know, I've talked about with some of my clients um, there's a, like, for example, there's an unwritten rule that everything has to go through like, you know, M- Matt or something. I'm just making up that name. Like sure. in this company, if you want um, money for a new initiative, it has to go through Matt. And that's not a rule that's written down. You just have to make sure you call him. Everything goes through him. We just know that. And I want everybody that's listening to this podcast to think about that, like a company that you started with. And then someone tells you an unwritten rule, right? Um, like you're never late to meetings or you know, you never check your phone in meetings or, you know, to get things done, you know, you really, it's not, you really have to be, um, get it done in person, right? You don't get anything done over email or opposite. And so um, those unwritten rules and those structures have held us back. And that's why I still don't see a ton of people of color in leadership. There are more than there used to be. And there are some companies that are doing okay, right? Right, Um, right. But it's still not where it needs to be. 
Agreed. Agreed. Quick side note. Um, you know, when, when you talk about unwritten rules, I, I love that. I, I love the, that the fact that you're talking about it. I love that the fact that you are really digging into the muck <laughs> um, in your, in your, in your upcoming book. Um, the other thing too, is something that I do. Um, I don't know how, where, or how I learned this, but as soon as I join an organization and I have one-on-ones, um, meet and greets, um, typically not the first meeting, uh, but usually the second meeting, or if I have a follow-up meeting, I say, okay, so tell me what are some of the unwritten rules here? Mm-hmm. And at first people don't know how to answer that question. Cause you know, they're trying to put on a, a really, um, polished face. It's like, no, let's talk about how, how things really get done around here. Um, what, what, who do I need to know? <laughs> and, and that's essentially kind it's of reflective. Yes. Yeah. Who it's it's reflective. Yes. Yes. And isn't, isn't it interesting that that question is exposing a little bit of that, um, below the surface, um, yep. Yep. mechanics of an organization. So absolutely. Now getting back to the, um, you know, individuals in, in leadership positions, even, you know, even in, in higher man- senior management positions, I'm not even talking about the C-suite, um, but senior management levels that are st- still, um, you know, administrative positions, directorships, things of that nature, you know, there seems to be something, something getting in the way. And you talked about that earlier as, as the, the structures and, and just the mechanisms of organizations. So what happens when, you know, we have an individual that may be from an underrepresented group and they don't see themselves necessarily reflected in the leadership of an organization? Um, what are some, what advice would you give to that person? I mean, I, there's two different lenses I, I look at this through with individuals and organizations, right? And th- with individuals, I would go back to the, the superpowers um, and, you know, stepping in your courage and make sure it's aligned to your superpowers and building your tribe, uh, probably inside and outside. Um, but at, at this point, um, it, it's really the other lens is the organizational lens. And that's where I'm spending a lot of time and energy because there's really no excuses anymore, honestly. And um, on the organizational side, um, I mean, you mentioned, uh, you know, the C-suite and leadership, and it really has to start there. And it's not that the CEO has to, you know, do all the work. It's like, it's their team. You know, it's like, that's what leadership is. It's leadership is leading a team, right? Getting, you know, leading an effective team. And, um, and it, and it's like, it's not, I think when we, we call it diversity and inclusion, I'm not saying we shouldn't, but I think we get really, um, it gets, there's the guardrails get smaller and smaller when we call it diversity and inclusion, because then people are just, you know, they're focused on task, right? Like training, right? They're focused mm. on tactical, um, you know, I'm going to run an ad, I'm, I'm going to run a story, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to partner with this organization for PR purposes. And then they're I'm done. I'm going to tell so, people that I have gender neutral bathrooms now. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And these are not the things that, that work. It's really, um, and what I talk about, I talk about the interdependencies of goals across units and companies and across mm-hmm. functions, because, you know, every single, you know, f- function from, you know, sales to, um, finance to HR, has they should have all have diversity measures 
and that they come up with those, right? They all look different, right? And that's, mm -hmm. it should originate in those units. And, and the CEO, you know, is the person that is going to get those dialogues started. But um, before you start jumping to the planning, and I talk about this, and this is why I do design thinking, first, yeah. you have to spend time in the conversations and, you know, seeing, seeing the world through that person's eyes and, and the empathy piece. And, and a lot of times we just want to jump to solutioning, but, and that's why I, I, I slow my clients down and I say, let's do the empathy first, because you're, again, you're just going to jump to things that are just diversity related and they're going to be tasks and general neutral bathrooms. And that's not going to, that's mm -hmm. not going to work. You know, why should HR be responsible for gender neutral bathrooms? Shouldn't that be a facilities goal? That's for an, another example, right? Uh, so, right, right. So the long and short with the person, I mean, I, I think it's if, you know, I it's hard because I, you could speak up, but I don't want the burden to all be on you. But there's a the good thing is that there are so many um, groups and uh, folks and tribes out there that can help you and support you if you got, are, are going to be the person to bring it up with your company. Um, and um, at the end of the day, um, it, it really, but it, it does need to start at the top, but you know, you could do smart, small things, at least like get an ERG started and, uh, or BRG, I know some folks call it, get something started, get people's attention. And then, um, and then I would, you know, again, step into your courage and go to the CEO and go with some examples. Right. Um, mm -hmm. I, I mean, it's really, I've learned throughout my career and I've worked for some big corporations and that the higher you go, the better, because that person mm. is a person. And it's like, I, I think a lot of times, you know, we're, we're trying to go up the chain and yes, I am telling you to step to, to skip your manager and, and go to a higher La, place. Latanya is telling you to do that. Influence. That's where <laughs> things really get changed. Right. Um, and so, yes. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Um, yeah, that, that does take a, take a lot of courage and, um, and that's, that's really good advice is to kind of, um, be on the lookout and, you know, utilize the, the superpowers and align them, um, you know, with, with the, with the courage and the self-awareness. And I really, really liked what you said about the empathy piece. It's like, you know, mm -hmm. just, just slow down folks, you know, yeah. um, if something happens in the media, i.e. right now, something happens in the world, I can't tell you how many companies out there have suddenly jumped on the bandwagon on LinkedIn or wherever. And it's, it's now hashtag black lives matter. And it's like, okay, uh, show me your leadership team. You know, right. let, let me see them. Show me what policies and procedures are, are you overhauling, uh, to make things more inclusive, um, and make things more safe for humans as opposed as opposed um, to it being a photo op. And unfortunately, I feel like we're on that precipice of um, it just being a photo op, uh, my personal opinion, obviously. Um, so that's kind of where, um, where I'll, I'll just stop there. I'll get off my soapbox over yeah. there. Um, and it also comes back to this whole thing of like, what's the difference between diversity and inclusion, right? You can have diversity. You can have generational diversity, diversity of color, diversity of thought, et cetera, et cetera. But what makes that all work is, is the inclusion and the equity piece, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm going back to the story with the CEO and, and um, I just want to, 
so for everybody I told you, go go to the highest person you can go to. And if it's not, so you go go to your unit head, but try to tell them a story because people people emotionally connect with stories. And if they can put themselves in your shoes, that's how you generate empathy. And and uh, and if they can listen to you, then things will change, right? Because that, again, that's they want to. You want them to be able to see the world from your perspective. And how do you how do you achieve inclusion versus equity and versus diversity? Well, um, inclusion again, it's it's in your it's in your policies, right? It's in mm-hmm. it's it's everything with I mean how you hire, right? Like um, you know, I was talking with a client this morning, and they um, only hire a certain type of person that has a certain degree. And with that in itself, I mean, tech is a good example. Um, you're only going to get the pool is going to be a certain kind of person. And so the first thing I would ask is, um, are you over, uh, you know, qualifying this job? Like, does, you know, right. do you really need all those skills? Do you really need 15 years experience? I mean, really? Yeah. Like what? Oh, <laughs> experience. Yeah. 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 Another thing that I do with some clients too is like, what's a nice to have? What's a yeah. must have? And, and right. what are what are some things that you can develop and coach too? Right. Right. And and so th- those are the things that that are important. You know, the inclusive hiring. Um, you know, being inclusive at work. It's it's uh, you know, I, this quote has been overstated, but you know, being invited to the party or versus being asked to dance. But it's not just being asked to dance. It's like you know, also like. Like, uh, you know, being, having your music played on the dance floor. I don't know, but it, it goes beyond <laughs> that, right? It's, yeah. uh, and then, and then that's where we get into uh, the equity piece, right? And the equity piece is, uh, you know, everybody has equal access to things. And this is where I think that um, it gets really tricky, um, especially in what I talked about with, you know, some of the implicit biases and, and the social control mm. and some of the some of the norms that that are started with majority white teams. Um, it's hard because the equity is, um, you, you know, your sense of equity is invisible. Like it, it's it, it evaporates because an example of that is, um, you know, like I said, equity is access, having access to the people, places, and things, right, in your office, right? And if mm-hmm. having access to people, for example, equity example, um, I knew a group of, of guys in a company once, and they they would have a poker night, right? And um, they would invite people to this poker night. And um, during this poker night, that's where a lot of connections were made, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think is wrong? How is that poker night not equitable? Well, um, a lot of people don't like poker, uh, especially women. Um, if mm-hmm. if women are in a, a room with just men, they may not they may not feel comfortable. Um, it's uh, and and so with that already the equity is tipped, right? Because mm-hmm. you know men will be very happy that this is going on, but women may not. And I'm not saying all oh, women don't like poker, but there there are these types of activities that that we're excluding people from that actually provide access. And mm. the access is access be like after hours is rarely where um, real relationships are born. And I talk about this leading below the surface. So if you're not able to like another place is um, when you're thinking about like the golf course, right? Um, and, and we know you always hear companies, a lot of things happen, all the business deals happen on that golf course. But what if you don't play golf? So right. are you going to go spend hundred dollars to learn golf just to be able to, you know, pay to play? 
um, in these areas. So these are the kinds of things to think about with equity. Like, does everybody have an equal footing? Does everybody have an equal chance? Um, and a lot of times they don't, but we don't even realize it, right? And that's right. and these are just about just the social circles that that can really make or break your career. That's just one example, but there's a ton of other examples um, in the workplace, like equity for promotions. Like, you right. know, are you put into those positions um, to be noticed in the first place? And what are those positions, right? And so, um, so yeah, there's a there's a lot around that as well. Yeah, that's um, that's a that's a great example as it relates to kind of defining equity and and things of that nature. Um, so if we go back to um, you know, part part of this podcast, part of the tradition of this podcast is um, towards towards the end of of our time together, I like to boil things down into. Um, you know, one or two very key tangible actions that people can kind of decide to do um, quite immediately. Like, you know, when 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 all this is over, over and, the, and when all this is over and when the outro music is done and they hit, okay, yeah, that was a good po- podcast. What what can they do immediately to? Let's just first of all, what what can our our folks that are in, from underrepresented groups do immediately to build connections? Um, foster resilience and presence. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um, I think I would I would start. You know, this is a really good time. You know, I know we're all a lot of us are stuck at home. I, I'm in Chicago, so I'm probably in the most restrictive place. Uh, but you know, it's a good time. There's a lot of webinars out there. Um, you know, I know I'm going to be on two panels: one next week, one the following week. One is LGBTQ in tech. Another one is uh, BIPOC in tech. And so, um, you know, black black people basically in tech, black queers in tech. And so, um, you know, try to find some of these some of these uh, communities and and attend. Um, I think that's the first way. Another way, I, I know people hate, have love hate relationships with Facebook, but I know. Um, I've had a lot of. <laughs> You know, with Facebook groups, though, I will tell you those have been extremely valuable. LinkedIn groups have not, but I've gotten, um, I've met, made so many connections um, through Facebook groups. And, you know, the groups are everything ranging from like coaching communities, like where I can interact with other coaches to, you know, black women in tech. So, um, you know, that's another way. It's just kind of getting out there, getting in these groups, chatting with some folks, starting to do that. Um I think an, a third way is, and, and this is this is more individual, if you're in a company right now and you're feeling like um, you're feeling like, you know, the CEO is a little bit more open or um, the company is a little bit more open and a little bit more responsive to Black Lives Matter, um, I would have more conversations, you know, I, I would have more conversations around things like hiring, um, mm. representation. Uh, and sometimes it's really hard to have these conversations because it could be very tender for us. But um, that's the third thing I would do is, is um, try to see if you can make your workplace into a place that you want to stay. And um, now that we have a little bit of momentum, you know, see what you can do and, and see, if, see if you could have conversations to bring more folks in and to bring more folks of color in and to dismantle some of those systems that we've been talking about. So those are our, our three ways. And, and uh, I'd like to hear if you have any other suggestions. I mean, I think those are, when we're thinking about uh, being in quarantine, 
those those three ways have kept me i've been extremely connected through those three avenues you know that's that's really uh, interesting that you mentioned being in quarantine because um i've had a chance to connect with uh, more folks over zoom um yeah. and more folks uh, you know from all over the world since we've been in quarantine and you know they're um, some of them have been related to my my work and some of them um, have been related to my hobbies. But regardless, it's like, wow, yeah. um, you know, kind of seeking seeking out some of those um, opportunities that you wouldn't otherwise have because you're, you know, you're, you're stuck at you're stuck in a building <laughs> with other people. So um, that's definitely one thing that that I can say is um, has been a truth for me. Um the other thing that I would add to that, and I loved what you said, is is you know make your workplace a place where you envision yourself to stay. I mean that's that's such an empowering statement to make. It's like you know, all right, you know you, you have a choice, and and you have um, you know whatever tools that that can be at your disposal, specifically in companies and organizations where you um, sense that it might be a little bit more open and responsive. Um, to the movement. Um, I, I think that's, that's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I want to ask you too is um, what specific actions do you think leaders can take in general um, as they oversee um, fairly diverse teams? Yeah. Um, so there's a bunch of reading lists going around out there. So I, I think, so if you are a white person um, or mm-hmm. if you're not a black person, well, actually, this wouldn't apply if you're <laughs> for not for not all non-black people. But um, you know, there's a lot of reading lists out there that are uh, include books like White Fragility, for example. There's mm-hmm. books like Let's Talk About Race. I mean, I haven't read any of these books because they're not really written for me. I mean, you can't see. Yeah, them, exactly. But I'm a black woman, so yeah. um, a lot of these books. How to Be an Anti-Racist. I mean, that's a book that it's uh, written by a historian. And that's that's out there. So um, you know, try to try to read, um, have conversations, and um, I'll give uh, you my information. Feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Yeah, uh, Latanya Wilkins. And you know, if you're afraid to have a conversation, I mean, I, I posted about this last week, and I got a lot of responses. I got a lot of DMs. People had said, "Well, thank you for for encouraging me," because you know, I was afraid to say anything. But just try to have conversations. I mean, I've had conversations with colleagues. Um, and, and one of them, I actually was surprised, um, but it was a, like a middle-aged white woman. I won't say where I know her from, cause I don't want to, uh, you know, her confidentiality, mm-hmm. but, but she, she said to me one day, you know, I, Latanya, I, I, I just thought our lives were the same. You know, I didn't know that you have to think about, you know, running or being pulled over by the cops, or I didn't know you had to think about like, you know, being charged more money for, you know, things like health insurance or other things, right. you know, just, just like institutional racism. Right. And, sure. um, which is crazy. And, and, and when she was saying this to me, you know, I kind of wanted to roll my eyes, but that was, <laughs> that, that was a yeah. moment when I was just like, okay, this is a time when I just need to, to take a deep breath and, um, you know, listen and absorb. And, mm. um, this person's finally seeing, and the person didn't call it that, but they're finally seeing that they have white privilege and that privileges that I can't even imagine having. I mean, I run several times a week and I think about it every single time. I think no about it on Aubrey every single time. And so yeah. um, it, it's things like that. Um, just having that conversation, if you have a realization, be, you know, be okay with talking about it. And 
um, you know, again, if it comes out in a way that you're not, if it's not unpolished, if it's unpolished, fine, but still at least you're having the conversation and make sure the person wants to have a conversation. I, I think the third thing as a leader, um, and this is, this is extremely important, this is probably the most important, is not just having conversations with your employees, but having conversations with your peers. 100%. And talking yes. with your peers and, and don't go to your black employees and ask them what the plan is. Um, talk to your peers <laughs> and um, come up with some ideas and um, take action. And so um, those are the three big ways. I mean, I think reading is, is really big and there's also a lot of um, book groups out there. That's something a little bit low budget, but just to get, just to, you know, I think right now, and one of the things I, I also said on LinkedIn is just, this is not the time to jump in into new initiatives. It's the time to reflect and, you know, reading some books and talking to your colleagues will help you reflect. So you can come up with your, your, your big plan for next year or it, for later this year. Yeah, that is, um, those last two things that you just mentioned just really resonated is, you know, this is not the time to overhaul things. It's not the time for really big, flashy, polished new initiatives. It's time to really sit down and, and, and reflect and, and really for, for the folks that are in the majority to listen. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and when, when, when you all have the, um, some, some epiphanies or some things that you want to share, absolutely make sure that another person at the other side of the conversation is ready um, to, to hear you because that's the last thing you want is to sort of pontificate on your epiphanies about another, another group or another person when they're not, they're not ready. So, um, and, and talking to your peers, wow, like what, what a good, um, what a good piece of advice is talk to the people that that you you share a lot more in common with uh, as it relates to leadership and and go that route that's excellent yeah and that's that's the most important is, is really you know having the courage to have those conversations especially if you're if you're white and your peers are all white that's a really good way to, to get started lovely um wow latanya we've talked about a lot of stuff yeah we here. have <laughs> wow um but you know we're um uh, i think we're at a spot where where we can wrap up um i have actually listed um the the books that you recommended that our partners and colleagues read um and i will put those in links um in the summary of this podcast so you can kind of take a look at them i will also link to um uh, Latanya's uh, website and cocktail information, um, so that you can reach out and uh, connect, because that's what this, this is all about—is connection. And um, you know, Latanya, you you've been absolutely awesome. Um, you've just really um, kind of laid things out in ways that are not only important and crucial and critical to our time, but also easy to understand and, and breaking it down. Sure. I'm, I'm happy to do it. I think this is, like I said, an important topic and it's part of my life mission. And everybody, um, if yeah, if you can, Israel will share my website and you can go there. Um, join my mailing list if you'd like to know when my book drops. It'll be um, spring next year. Um, hopefully we are pandemic free or close to it with uh, a vaccine by then. That's what I'm hoping. And then you can follow me on LinkedIn at Latanya Wilkins or Instagram at Latanya Coaching. There you have it, folks. What a terrific conversation. Reach out to Latanya or myself with ideas or questions. Feel free to comment, share, subscribe, like, 
love, uh, whatever else uh, social media allows you to do. Uh, please stay safe, all of you, and be well. Until next time.